Here at the TalkHouse Podcast, we want to hear from you, about you, our listeners. Go to bit.ly slash TalkHouse survey to fill out a two-minute survey. To make it worth your while, we'll be giving away a Fender Mahogany acoustic guitar, a 9LP prize pack courtesy of the folks at Secretly Group and Dead Oceans, a custom Levi's jean jacket, and four $25 Amazon gift cards to lucky participants. That link again is bit.ly slash TalkHouse survey. Hey, this is Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse Film Podcast. I'm here with... Nick Dawson, Editor-in-Chief of TalkHouse Film. Nick, today's episode is the newest installment in a very cool series we've been doing at the flagship Sonos store. They set up shop at 101 Green Street in Soho, and we've been broadcasting live from their vinyl listening room, the downstairs 101G, bedecked as it is with a tape wall curated by Thurston Moore the perfect setting for the talk house. Yeah, it's a really fun space to do stuff in. It is, and we've done some really cool shit there. We had DJ Premier with Prince Paul. Kathleen Hanna and Meredith Graves. Prince Paul returned to speak with Wayne Coyne of the Flaming Lips. And we had Vanessa Bear and Jonah Bear. Perfect melding of film and music. That was a great TalkHouse podcast episode, as is today's. Last Tuesday, we had none other than Chris Gethard and Todd Berry. And of course, Gethard is somebody that we've done a bunch of stuff with. He's written for the site. He wrote about his first basement punk show. He enlisted TalkHouse readers to help track down this obscure Jay Church single. That was a great project. Yeah, that was really fun. And that idea originated at the Tim Heidecker, Chris Gethard live podcast that we did last year, which was one of the wildest, probably the wildest, podcast we've done. Oh, definitely, definitely. That one, we we ended up with, what, 15, 20 people that they, they decided to do crowd work during the podcast and brought 15 or 20 kids from the audience into the booth. It was a feeding of the 5,000, basically. It was, it was. They were, they were overflowing. I was opening the door and saying, please don't swear, as I let each new person in. And as I let each person out, I would say, thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, and handing them loaves and fishes as they went in <laughs> and out, of course. Very considerate in terms of the dietary needs of each individual. Um, Gathard has had a career year with his podcast, Beautiful Anonymous. Uh, career Suicide, his one-man show, which is uh, airing on HBO in, in a couple of weeks. Um, and of course, his, his own TV show. He just won a Webby. Like the day we did it, he won a Webby. He won the Webby that morning. For, uh, for Beautiful Anonymous. And uh, Todd has had his first book out a couple of months ago. Thank you for coming to Hattiesburg, which is about the gritty realities and indignities of uh, being a road comic and playing secondary markets. It's all about, he, he organized this whole tour of, of going to like smaller cities, both uh, in the US and, and elsewhere. And uh, He's also had a big couple of years on television. Of course, he's a recurring character as a version of himself on Louie. Yeah, and also in Master of None, Aziz Ansari's show for Netflix. The second season of that is, is starting uh, shortly, and I'm very excited for that. These guys are at the top of their game. Yeah, it was really cool to get them together. Very recently, Gethard was on Todd Barry's podcast, so they're kind of in the swing of things. And in a way, it sort of freed them up for this conversation to be sort of the, the quirky thing that it is it's it's they they touch on stuff that i feel like they surprise themselves by talking about in a way oh sure i mean i think you hit it on the head when you said after the episode i feel like we just recorded the seinfeld of talkhouse film podcasts you know the, the genius of seinfeld was making the banal details of life that shouldn't be funny really funny and and this is all about those 
little quirks and and the stuff that you ignore or you think you probably shouldn't talk about but but do. And here they spend a lot of time talking about a particular clothing brand. They talk about frequent flyer miles. They talk about all the stuff that like makes life on the road as a comic really sort of uncomfortable and 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 sort of unsettling in a way. And somehow it is, of course, hilarious. I was in the booth trying not to laugh. Yeah, I, I love the face that you make when you're trying to suppress laughter in order to preserve uh, audio fidelity. <laughs> Listeners, please do forgive me if one of my chuckles intrudes on your listening experience, but I must say, I think you're going to be in the same boat. Yep, this is a great conversation. And everybody, we command you to enjoy it. Check it out. All right. Do we get right into it? Yeah, I think we're already in it. Now, Chris, when they asked, <laughs> when they said I was paired up with you, I didn't reveal that you were just on my podcast. Very recently. Because I thought they might be like, oh, we have to find someone else. Yeah. So if you remember everything we talked about. We'll cross that off the docket. <laughs> no, I was going to say, let's do that again. <laughs> we'll just repeat. Yeah, let's just, <laughs> we had some great answers, some great questions. Let's uh, just replicate it. And I then, love uh, that. What did you do? Uh, so you won a Webby Award today. I won a Webby Award. Yeah. For, see, I didn't know they did this for podcast hosts. I didn't either. I just got nominated one day and I was psyched. And then I mentioned it on the podcast and it was voting based. I think people oh. who listen to my podcast vote it and I found out I won. It's pretty cool. Win an award. Yeah. I think I went to the Webbies once with uh, a famous friend of mine. No, with Sarah Silverman. She is famous, but famous, very I was famous just, friend. Yeah, I was just debating whether to do the name drop, but yeah. But I remember I went to it once. I think it was the Webby Awards, and like the fifth guy they honored was the guy who basically came up with the concept of the web. Wow. I was like, well, I feel like this guy might be the lead award. But, yeah, you would think so. But yeah, I worked at um, a magazine for a bunch of years called Weird New Jersey uh-huh. about strange things in New Jersey, and they were nominated for a Webby when I worked there. And this was like 2002. It was very in its infancy, and they were nominated for Weirdest Website, and they lost to, do you remember that guy who used to pretend he was Peter Pan? No. He was like an early internet. No, I don't remember. I don't know if he was a meme. I think he pre-existed memes, but wow. you know there was like Chocolate Rain. There were those early internet breakouts. Yeah. He was one of those. He was this guy who was like in his 50s, and he used to just dress as Peter Pan and make a website from the perspective of... Of Peter Pan. I don't know if he was Peter Pan in the in his mind, but he was definitely someone tapping into a Peter Pan. <laughs> you think there's a chance he might be the actual Peter Pan? I would love that. I would love so they, that. So they lost to that? They lost. But yeah, you've they, already won? I've won. Wow. It's been announced. When's the ceremony? I don't know. I haven't heard a word about it. Really? And people have been congratulating me all day. And I got to say, I, uh, I didn't realize it was such a big deal. That's going to be... Uh, That'll probably get you a big spike. Oh, big! You think bring those numbers in? I think so. I guess people will say who won the Webby Award, and then people will be all these little uh, posts about it. Okay, I'm into. I'm it. a real. I, I say things that aren't obvious. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, that sounds like it'd be like a real loose dress code at that award show. I would have to imagine, but I own my own tuxedo, so if they want to go there, do you really? Yeah. I Let's talk one. about that. Purchased one for the wedding. Really? I'm a, well, here's the thing that's not, I have a reputation for being like this underground guy, but I have a very bizarre and severe addiction to J. Crew clothing. Do you really? I have a J. Crew suit. Yeah, I have a J. Crew suit. And I was like, I want to get married in a J. Crew tux. So I just went and bought a tux instead of renting. Did you? 
<laughs> what have we spent this whole time talking about J. Crew? I'm, I'm actually, we got another good five minutes on this because I'm curious. So you were, yeah. you were just like in your mind, like, all right, I like J. Crew. They make tuxes. This <laughs> yeah. makes this decision easier. Yeah. Probably reasonably priced too. Yeah, it was. It was pretty reasonably priced. They, they tailored it quickly. I'll tell you, here's what happened with me. <laughs> I once worked a job, and you know, there's these wardrobe people, and this lady was fitting me for stuff, and she said, you know, J. Crew clothes sit really well on you. And I said, okay, a thing to remember. And I once saw a guy in a t-shirt that I liked so much that I actually approached a human being and said, where did you get that t-shirt? I never, I never talk to people. I'm very shy. Right. Don't love interacting with strangers. And he said, J. Crew, and those two things added up in my mind. Stop by the store. They have these personal shoppers. Next thing I know, all I wear is J. Crew for like six years. See, I find... Stuff like J. Crew, like I like to wear stuff from J. Crew, but I don't want to look like I bought everything at J. Crew. Yeah. So I want to be but like. But I don't like this t shirt yeah, J. Crew. That's pretty. Uh, I don't think you could have bought that anywhere. Yeah, right? You could have bought that at Uniqlo. Uh-huh. I just want to get some other clothing companies in there because <laughs> yeah. it looks like it'll be set up that way. This J. could Crew. be an old Navy. It it's, could be. Uh, yeah. I think it is an old Navy. This is J. Crew. And so, frankly, I'm offended that you. Would. Why don't you. Now, like. Now I'm going to lose my J. Crew sponsorship here. Why don't you get. I got to think that that's just like $5 more than it would be at Old Navy. Oh, it's definitely, I'm definitely spending more on clothes than I should be because of this weird brand um, loyalty. I always think like rich people, you can tell someone rich by, someone's rich by, it's always interesting to see what kind of t shirts they wear. Like he's like oppressed. Like you could see a rich person, like that's sort of shiny or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so you bought, so have you worn the tuxedo more than once? I've worn the tuxedo three times. Which makes me feel like it's starting to get worth it. Yeah. It's starting to become worth it, right? Now, is it one of those, is it a bow tie? Because I like the latest thing that I've seen in the past few years where it looks like a black suit. Yeah. No, it's a bow tie. Really? Yeah, I went classic, but it's not black. It's a very deep, it's a midnight blue. That was my way to keep it, um, you know, really try to shake it up and be you a nonconformist. Did, by doing a color that people probably thought was black anyway. <laughs> Do you think there's any world in which anyone who tuned into this, tastemakers like the Talk House, uh-huh. you and I, these comedians. Yeah. Do you think there's any world in which anyone tuned in thinking there would be this much talk about J. Crew clothing? I don't know. My guess is people are furious. I <laughs> feel like this is almost antithetical well, to what the Talk House represents at its core. We are talking. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I think that's what it's all, are we supposed to be talking about music or? I think we're supposed to be talking about something cooler than J. Crew. But don't you think it's kind of fun that we're talking about? I feel I, like you do think it's fun. I love it. There's nothing I love more than um, throwing a curveball, you know? I like not talking about, not knowing what we're going to talk about to begin with. Otherwise, I don't, you know, I don't be like, so tell me about your process. Like, who, yeah. who cares? We could talk about that. <laughs> we, we could talk. I do care, actually. I was just being I enjoy being those edgy. conversations. But right. at the end of the day, the process is always like, for comedian, right? At the end of the day, for no matter what corner of the world you come from, it's like you just fall on your face and eat shit right. so much, and then you figure out how to not do that eventually. When you're writing, do you write with J. Crew clothes on? <laughs> oh, I mean, if I'm wearing clothes, they are J. Crew. <laughs> what, um... It's a fact of my life at this point. <laughs> I only own, like, if there ever was a scandal <laughs> where it came out that, like, J. Crew was super racist or, like, exploiting people. Oh my God. I'd have to throw out literally every piece of clothing no, I that's own. A good, that's a good question because would you throw them out or would you? Would it be like, I can't donate these because I'm donating racist clothes? Am I now donating like blood diamond clothes? Right. Great question. I would, Probably donate them. I hope this is something you'll think about when you're trying to sleep tonight. Yeah. Lord knows I've become anxious over less. <laughs> 
let's get into, uh, I'm acting like this is my show. Now, yeah. my next question for you. That's not my show. I got it, you know, because I got into the mode where I last saw you, where I was, it was you my were the, podcast. Yeah, when so last I, we spoke, you were the alpha get out of for that, sure. It's not about me. Yeah, we well, got to even out this alpha battle <laughs> for right. sure. I'm ceding total alpha, alpha status to you the whole time. I know. I, I am, yeah. I'm, I'm nothing but alpha. Alpha. What, do you have a question for me? Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have so many questions. Let me think of a good one that I'd like to ask you. Um, here's something that I've always sort of admired about you from afar is like, I feel like you were one of the first people I ever saw around New York comedy who, like, how would I put it? Like, you were one of the, one of the things I've always aspired to is there's people who can go anywhere. And you were one of those guys to me where I'm like, you would, because I was a UCB guy. I was very young, and mm-hmm. you'd show up and be doing shows at UCB. But then I also knew you were like at the cellar, which seemed to me like the most inaccessible world. Mm-hmm. Seems to me like people find their little corner and they stick with it. But you, you, you really have dominated all areas. Thank you. I think because people have said that to me before, and they're like, "Oh, you can work these alt rooms, and you can also work these clubs." It's like, well, if you don't think of them as being different, which they kind of aren't. They're yeah. actually way more similar. Especially like you the can last go up, few years. Yeah, I mean, it's just people sitting there waiting to laugh. It's not like, yeah. hey, this is not alt comedy because that's kind of a bogus description. Of, right. I think. So I think any good comic, if you think of some of the better comics, they can go anywhere. It was really, it was like a thing I aspired to. I feel like I saw you do that. And then I think, you know, coming up where I did, Rafifi was like the, one of the yeah. big... That was like one of the big bridges in mm-hmm. for me into doing non, you know, improv and UCB work. And I always felt like Mulaney and Kroll and Berbiglia were other guys where I was like, these guys, I guess you're just allowed to go do this anywhere. Right. And I always aspired to that. Even though clubs, I do find them very intimidating. Well, I mean, it depends on the club. Some are like yeah. probably not good for something, but yeah. Especially with my rambly stories, it's like club, club. But that's you know what it is too that that I, I realized, which just to get on a high horse is like, it's like oh, if you can't go get a laugh, like at the end of a day, a club is where you know if something's actually funny, mm-hmm. not if it's thoughtful, not if it's interesting, not if it's brave. None of that matters when you're pay, when you're performing for a room full of people who have at times been literally tricked into being there by a huckster in Times Square. Yeah, I mean that that's also I mean the better clubs don't do that, but right for sure. But you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. some value. There's certainly some value to be like oh, this is a room full of like mad German tourists who thought this cost five dollars and it cost them eighty dollars right. after the drink minimum. If I can make them laugh. Then I know it's for real funny. End of story. Right. There are rooms that are, you know, even like some UCB shows where like they're great, but they're almost too great because you yeah. can't gauge anything beyond that room. Yeah, it's and for you're sure. Like, hey, true. I got some new. It's like, oh wow, this didn't work anywhere else except. Oh yeah, you can walk out of some shows <laughs> that are very arts appreciative, and then think it your bit is great. Right. And then you find out very quickly, oh, this is actually trash. Yeah. Trash pile. Oh, man. Now, you just finished the run. When I was talking to you last on my yeah. podcast, you were kind of like, kind of ready to wind down with your, yeah. your one person yeah, show. Yeah. And then you filmed it, though, right? I taped it and it comes out in two weeks. HBO, that's huge. Dude, I don't know how to, I don't know. I've never, I've, I've done a Comedy Central half hour, but I've never done, I've never had a stand up special. Uh-huh. Even the half hour, I feel like it's like a cool, it it almost feel, to me it almost feels like for a stand up the half hour in Comedy Central is like 
like a welcome. There's always like a dozen each year, and it's uh-huh. definitely a thing, but it's not the same, you know. Like this, I feel I'm very, I'm freaking out. If I'm being honest, man, I'm freaking out. I don't know. What do you do? You feel like, um, yeah, because HBO is very. What I hear music all of a sudden. So a Sono system in this room did just start playing, as if to I mean, sabotage our conversation. Perfect, it's perfect ambient music for what we're about to talk about. But yeah, <laughs> it almost seems like a soundtrack. Yeah, but um, also just so everyone watching and listening knows, the way that's being dealt with is just one guy's turning down the volume with his hand. That's how we're getting to the. <laughs> See, I would yank source. that thing off the wall. That's yeah, what I would toss do. it through Thurston Moore's fancy tape display. Toss that oh, Sonos right through Thurston. I guess Morris I also didn't have to point it out, but I guess it, I mean, everyone heard it. That's what we're loose cannons here. Of course, we're going to point it yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, if anything, oh, now oh my God. everything's this, falling and breaking. This is a disaster. I'm going to. Everyone gonna a, just unplug everything. I'm going to treat this like a, a, a bottle broke at a club yeah. or performing it and just motor through it. Right, right, right. HBO, that's. They don't do a lot of specials. It's nuts. It's uh, I feel in over my head. I'm having all sorts of like emotional um, fear and struggles and wondering if I belong, wondering if I deserve any of but this. But you already did it though. You filmed it. I did. So I did. Like, what are you worried about? I know, but you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's like far more permanent than anything I've ever done. Uh-huh. So also I have all these like very, very, uh, the, all these insecurities that I know I need to get over where I'm like, like, is this... It's like it's not a stand-up special. It's a one-man show, right? And I know that, but I think there's going to be maybe some people who watch it and say like you're you're faking it, you're a fake comedian. You know, they have all these oh, insecurities. Well, I have all these. Who doesn't just, have the insecurities? No, though? I know. I, I I occasionally am insecure, but <laughs> the uh, yeah. But I think anyone that that's just a dummy though who thinks like everything has to be like a laugh every ten seconds. Or yeah, something. I think so, and I also know like I've I've never quite walked a traditional path anyway so just own it but it is yeah there's fear you know what i mean there is fear i've 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 settled nicely into a groove of being kind of an underground guy who has my thing and i pay my mortgage and that's great yeah. and i get to do my my tv show very small and my podcast very quietly and go on the road and that's nice and this is just bigger and it's hard to i'm like super flattered and psyched and excited and all those things but also definitely intimidated definitely do you feel like there's going to be pressure like all right what now yeah, for sure. It's definitely going to be the measuring stick for whatever happens in the future. You know? Do you have that locked and loaded? That answer? I haven't even thought about what's next. But you have a mortgage, though. That that I know. That struck out. That's that stood out. You own a place. Yeah, in Queens. Just could like all. Yeah, I don't know. Do you? What was your? Do you remember? Have you ever felt? I feel like you always. You're like. I feel like you're always moving forward. Do you have these moments? Have you had, do you remember well, anything have, where you were like, I have I'm a book a- that's been out for like less than a month or maybe a month. Yeah. And it's, it's sort of like, oh, here's my book. Like, not like, I got a book because it's my first one. And right. I've never. And what's driving that, do you think? Is it a similar, like it's an actual physical thing someone uh, can hold now? Or? Well, my book is bad. That's what's driving. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's a thing where you're like, <laughs> it's such a different thing to write a book than to write a little yeah. joke, a little standalone joke. And then you're just like, I don't know, is this boring? Is this not boring? Is, am I complaining too much? And I probably am complaining too much in the book, but it's a tour diary. <laughs> oh, nice. And you do get complaints on the road, but I try to make them funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely weird to be like, you know, if I have a stand-up special or something, I go, I, I know whether it's good or not or whether I think it's good or not. Right. This is like, I don't know. Because you also don't get to battle test that. You sit and work in a vacuum. 
Right. You don't get to put that in front of right. crowds all over the world and make sure you'll stand by it first. Yeah. If I think of an idea like walking home tonight and I try it on stage, I know something about that idea tonight. Yeah. yeah. Whereas a book, there's some of you like, I guess it's okay. But then you keep rereading it to yeah. tweak it. And, and you're if like, you reread anything yeah. enough times, there's no way it's funny. But you wrote a book, right? I've written, I wrote, I wrote one that was like with the magazine I used to work for, and then I wrote one that was like comedic. Oh man, did you, uh, did you read reviews and stuff like that? Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I've, <laughs> I've gotten better. Like that's the good thing about HBO. Is like it's not really, it's not. They're not going to be like rolling comments underneath yours or something. Like. Yeah, although you know, as soon as there's certain sites where as soon as it gets covered, I can anticipate the get hard jokes rolling in oh, from the I commenters. Did, I've never even thought of that. Yeah, I've never. I mean, maybe because I'm sophisticated, I don't go. Yeah, you're, get hard. You're, kind, you're a kind and thoughtful. But person. it never even occurred to me, like as a bad joke, to make that. Yeah, the internet has jumped all over it. <laughs> that's such a. That's so like. I I did a uh, college gig last week in New Orleans, and you know sometimes they send a car to pick you up. Uh-huh. It was one of those situations, and I was walking towards the guy, and he's holding a sign that says "C. Gethard." And I watched as I was walking down the hallway towards him. I watched some other guy walk up, point at the thing that said, you know, phonetically it says Gethard. I watched as I walked up from like 15 feet away. This guy was like, <laughs> and the guy was like, I know, right? And I watched my driver mock my last name. Oh my god! As I walked up, and I was like, that's me. And the other guy literally turned and was just like scurried. And the driver was like, Welcome to New Orleans. So nice to meet you. And I was like, Yeah, great to meet you too, man. Welcome. It's a nice welcome, and I'm glad I'm not tipping you now. Yeah, I mean, I still tipped because I'm a pushover. Well, no, of course, and also should have. Uh, you know, he's just making a joke. Some he didn't know you were standing there. Yeah, yeah, of course. He didn't. And it's, yeah. I get it. Do Where you was still, this, What do you still do college gigs? I'm doing one in Nebraska in a few weeks. Divisive uh, topic amongst comedians, right? Oh, doing colleges. There's a lot of people who have sworn off colleges at this point, right? Well, I, I, I get. I mean, I know Seinfeld's commented on it. I, I do so few of them that it's not. I'm more worried about uh, just them relating to me, not yeah. whether they're going to be offended by anything. But right. I mean, my act is pretty non-threatening. But yeah, I mean, because with colleges, you just don't know what to expect. It could be like, yeah, you show up and it's like, yeah, there's 3,500 people in the gym. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. Or they'll be like, there's 20, you know, the biggest dweebs. Yeah. And I say that affectionately, just sitting on the floor, I've done four this semester. Three of them have been, there's 35 people in a 200 person room. I'm always relieved. I mean, that's such really? a aiming low. I but I'm relieved. Like, if it's just I like can't not blame 40 myself. kids who have nothing, who are like the nice kids who would go to some yeah. activity. Yeah. I just want it to be pleasant for it me. Is, they're always pleasant and they're always warm. And I always beat myself up and blame myself. But I, I've had rough call. Have you had any rough gigs? I have. For sure, I I did I did my alma mater. I did Rutgers this year. I went there. Uh-huh. The campus has forty thousand people on it. They didn't advertise it. There's like forty people, and I'm not an arrogant person, but I went here. Like, put up a poster. I've had that exact like at, at my alma mater. Really? That's, that was that got me depressed. I when I met the guy who booked the show. You know, you always meet the guy books the show or the lady, but I mean, this one was a guy. I meet the guy, and I had been walking. I went early because like walked past the houses I used to live in. And my friend was with me. He's like, there's no posters. And we picked up a copy of the newspaper. There was an event listing for that day. It wasn't in there. I was like, come on, man. You got it. But it's those end of semester gigs, right? That we all talk about. But yeah, where they, they're cashing out their uh, budget. But it's still like, that always drives me crazy. Cause like I did University of Florida where I went to. And like, 
Is that Gainesville? Yeah. I just did that. I did University of Florida like a week ago. Oh, you did? Yeah. And um, like there was no advertising I saw. There was like, they showed me, was there a flyer? And there was like a glass case with like a bulletin board. It's like, and like in 24 point font. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, that's, I hope that doesn't, you might have to move this to the stadium if some people are putting their face <laughs> against the glass case. Like why? Yeah. And, and it's just like, it's so it easy can, to I make know, the shittiest, simple, easy to read poster. I know. But that, that college, I was really disappointed because it's like, not that I, they just, they either know too much what they're doing or they don't know what they're doing. Like they'll yeah. either be like, Here's five backup mics, and uh, you know, yeah, and eight guys pick you up at the airport or something. Yeah, but this was like I walked in and like, did you guys like the people were already seated and they were setting up the sound equipment? It's like, you can't start seating people before you've set up the show. <laughs> yeah, and like I called for a ride, and um, oh uh, yeah, we can't do that. Okay, mm-hmm. you can't. Okay, I'll get in my rental car rather yeah. than you pick me up. Yeah, I just show t- I just booked an Avis today for a gig tomorrow. Oh, oh my like, god, okay. where are you going tomorrow? Uh, Arkansas. I'm going there in, a, in on Friday. What's cool? I'm doing a, a literary festival. Ooh, I'm doing a college. You're getting all these college gigs. Yeah. I've now, got, do you do? I got four, the, four or five this semester. Like, pretty happy about that. Do you do the show or do you do? No, I do my act. I'm never. I can't ever do the show again. The career suicide. I just can't. Like, I, emotionally, I'm right. I'm tapped out. But I wanted to. My, you'll enjoy this. I met the guy from Rutgers. And when I met him, I was like, what do you think, man? Anybody coming out to this thing? And without missing a beat, he goes, you know how it goes, bro. And I was like, oh. You know how it goes when we don't try to get anyone out to the shows? <laughs> yeah. They don't show up. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't bite the hand that feeds me. He was a very nice guy. It wound up being a very good show, but it was just stressful. Just stressful. I remember doing shows with like John Stewart way back and we'd show up at a school like in the middle of nowhere and he was pretty famous. It was, I think it was pre-Daily Show or just beginning a Daily Show. But he's still been all over MTV. Right, and, and they'd be like, Okay, crowd, but you'd think like, why isn't everyone here? Like, oh, it's 90210 is on tonight. Yeah. Okay. Well, Simple as that, yeah. You get the famous guy who just came to your small town, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's just, uh, but they pay a lot of money. It's nice. And I'm very appreciative. And also like, I feel lucky because I know the crowds at colleges are too PC. And even for me, sometimes I'm like, whoa. But I also feel like they... Like I feel like it, it makes me feel like I have been embraced a little bit. Um, that maybe they they trust me to be on the same wavelength. Like it makes me feel good, you know. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. I haven't done. I haven't done a college where I'm worried about like. I but I could see that there are sort of trigger words where like, yeah. well, they'll freeze up, and you're like, well, if you listen to that joke, it's actually not at all. Yeah. But I've, always, I've always admired that about you. I, I get the sense that you have a real, like, I always feel like when you walk on stage, you go quietly, I, the sense I get from the outside, having, having admired your work for a long time now, is I get the sense that when you walk on stage, there is a, you are able to flip a switch that I am not, where you're like, and now is where I go out and do what I do, mm-hmm. and let's get it done. And yeah. I admire that so That's greatly. exactly what I say to myself. That's my free show. Let's get it done. I, I knew that I, sounded I, dumb. No, as no, I, I know said, what you're saying. But yeah. I'm riddled with anxiety as I walk out on the stage. Oh, every I am too. Time. I mean, I, I really? did a show last night. I don't get with, that sense uh, at all. I, did, I opened for Sarah Silverman in Long Island. And it's just like I walked in, there's like 1,500 people there. But like they held the show 20 minutes because people are out at the bar. and mm-hmm. But then I walked out and there's still like the first four rows weren't filled and you're just kind of like looking at people sitting, like getting yeah. situated and like, 
you know, the show did start, but so I was, I got, I get nervous. Yeah, yeah really? I still get nervous. Yeah. I never get that impression about you. Well, that's good. That I mean, that's a good thing to remember when you do get nervous. Is that it? Like I've never seen you look nervous when I've really. Yeah, I mean, you've got your thing, but that's your thing. But it's not like, oh, this guy's a wreck. <laughs> I mean, you got if you're talking about suicidal thoughts, you know, yeah, it's not like the neurotic. It's gonna be some sort of like. You're not gonna be. Hey, this guy's got his shit completely together, but no one does. But I mean, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But not like I've never seen any like stage fright from you. Or anything. Yeah, it's not quite stage. It's just a constant worry that everyone's mad at me and everyone's yeah. going to be mad at me if it doesn't go well. And where right. are the people? And is that my fault? And there's all that. Well, it's your fault. But the um, <laughs> it is your fault. But the do you get like. See, like I get situationally nervous. Like a college makes me nervous because I don't know what I'm about to walk into. Right, right. Or like some rare private gig that I get where it's like, yeah. just like you're in a conference room. I haven't gotten, I haven't yeah. gotten to the, I've done like one, like host a corporation's private award ceremony. That's like the closest I've gotten to that. Yeah, I get like the cool corporations. Like yeah. there's some startup type thing and you're like, uh, and you still bomb, but. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, you get paid for Are that you doing one. the literary fest because your book came out or is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're doing stand-up or you're doing like an event? I'm doing a book? panel where I don't know what to expect. Oh, wow. But I mean, I sort of know what to expect. I have no idea. Like if it's in Little Rock and I just don't know if it's going to be. I just was like, oh, I was flattered to be invited to a literary festival. Yeah, that's cool. But, uh, you know, there's no more nonstop flights to Little Rock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Going tomorrow, three and a half hour layover in Atlanta. Seriously? Yeah. Now, why is that happening? Because I'm me, and that's how life goes. But and I, I also think, could only get a middle seat. <laughs> middle seat. Three I got to think you could have gotten something better than a third. Do you book your own flights? I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so is your event in Little Rock? No, it's in uh, Conway. Is how far is that from Little Rock? 30 miles. Three and a half hour layover in Atlanta. Someone rent, picking you up though, right? Rent a car, 30 mile drive. Why don't you ask? See, you should ask for a ride. I did. <laughs> and they said no? <laughs> but that's okay. I think maybe some wires got crossed. I think if I pushed, I could have made that happen. But Yeah, the wires got crossed between your agent asking for a ride <laughs> and them receiving the call for the ride. But I also, my flight home the next day is at seven in the morning, so I also didn't want to make somebody drive me back. No, don't like worry five. about that. They, they get your car, man. They get a guy who's a professional, I drive people to the airport guy. This is like, I feel like it's been half talking about J. Crew clothing and half you talking me off a ledge about career anxiety. Yeah, well, I mean, there's things you can ask for that are very reasonable, and all you do is just ask. I know. I'm getting there. I'm like getting renting there. a car is a nightmare, yeah. isn't it? I hate it. Yeah, it comes with. Especially you're going. Th- why don't you just Uber it? Thirty miles. Yeah, that's like going to the airport. The car rental was forty bucks for the day. I would cancel that and I would Uber it. You th- I think the Uber will cost more than. Four- <laughs> It'll cost me but, more money. I bet it would cost. I mean. But you got to refill. Then you got to refill it with gas, and you got to deal with the guy giving you like upselling you and shit, and that shuttle. Do you do a frequent flyer? Oh yeah, it's half half what I talk about on my podcast. That is the best. I didn't even know that that was the best part of being a comedian. Was frequent flyer programs? Yeah, had no idea. You have any questions about that? I'm pretty good about that. Yeah, I got all the questions. Go ahead. I got up to gold status on United one year. That's what I am on United. It's like the worst. Now I'm like, I, <laughs> it's the worst. I'm like a real like dilemma. I like, just switched though because I live near LaGuardia and United's all out of Newark now. I don't want to go to Newark. Go to LaGuardia. I'm in Delta. I just switched to Delta, but I, I don't even do the Delta program. I do one of those Amexes where you just get points. You just get points. You spend them wherever you want. 
here's where I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you on. Yeah, yeah. No, you, so you have like down. a Delta Sky Miles card, right? I don't. I have an Amex that's not associated. But you should with be Delta. in the Delta program to get Delta points and then get Amex points as well. I'm in the Delta program, but not with a Delta card. This is so much worse than our J. Crew conversation, <laughs> but I don't care because I want. These are the things that genuinely do interest me. Well, I me too. Then I want one of my favorite. This is to me when I realized, like, okay, I can. I feel I've never felt more like a real comedian. I once had a layover at the Denver airport, and I was on one of those moving walkway things, and I was shot. I'd been traveling so much, just one of those because it's one of those things with the frequent flyer. It's like it gives you something to be excited about right. with the amount of flying we have to do. It's just like, oh, I'm so. It's like a video game where I'm like, I'm so close to gold. Like, oh, great, yeah. you're mapping it out, and I'm on one of these moving walkways in the Denver airport, just like totally cooked, just exhausted. Like, had been traveling so much, like like this, just floating down the moving walkway. And it's one of these real long ones. And I see the only, I'm the only person going this direction. And the only person coming this way is Greg Warren. Okay. He's coming towards me, another comedian, great comedian, great guy. And we just passed each other. And I was like, Greg, what's up, man? He's like, oh, Gethard, how you doing? I'm like, I'm pretty good, dude. How you been? And we we're just floating past each other. And I'm like, you going home or another gig? He's like, another gig. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'll see you back in New York, man. And we just had this like sad moving walkway float past each other in a city where neither of us lives. Yeah. I, I've run into, yeah, it's fun. I run into comics in the airport. In airports all the time. Um, Do you, did, you ever, did you ever get sad? Like I got real sad when I realized I knew my favorite places to eat in multiple different airports for layovers. Well, that's good to know. I mean, it's just, I, um, where did we, like I need, I need to know more of that. Because I always feel like I walk left down that way and then I'm like, oh, I bet the better food's down that way. But you get a backpack and you're like, fuck, I'm <laughs> yeah. carrying this shit around just to get something. LAX has a place that's like a, a health food place. I went vegetarian like a year ago and they got a oh. good, like you can get a quinoa bowl with a, with a Satan, that weird meat, that weird fake meat that's called Satan. Yeah, that's You good. get that Satan, Satan. Chicago, O'Hare has that place that's like a sandwich place that's apparently like an actual well-ranked Chicago restaurant that just happens to be in an airport. And Austin has that barbecue place, the Austin airport. Yeah. Um, Denver has good food. Yeah. Atlanta has decent food. (laughs) This, I feel like, is the most real look at... Have you been to Tokyo before? I have not. Never been to Asia. Oh, you got to go to Tokyo. Yeah? Yeah. Just for the airport? Well, the airport is like, it was weird because Japan's such an amazing place, but I was walking around like, is there no food at the Tokyo airport? <laughs> and then I finally found like the best food court ever and had like a Japanese curry. Really? Oh my Ooh, God. That sounds good. Oh my God. Do you read like the points blogs, like the frequent flyer blogs? No, I was going to talk about that because yeah. there's like guys who do like something called a mileage run. Do you know what a mileage run is? Where you just go on like an infinite loop around the <laughs> world for free because you've mastered the system of credit card points. I think Doug Stanhope, you know Doug Stanhope, right? I think he bit, flew yeah. to get diamond status on Delta. I think he flew to South Africa. And then just turned around and came back. Really? <laughs> like went to the airport, had a drink, and turned oh, around. That's so funny. But, yeah, I mean that's. Have you heard about Singapore Air's suite? Yeah, but I want it so bad. I want to fly in it once in my life. Twenty three thousand dollars to book a ticket on it. It's got a full bed, your own shower, a butler who serves you the whole time. Right. That's one of those things where you're like, I kind of now I, I just want to stay on this plane. Yeah. But, but man, it's just, uh, it's weird because I, we think, I mean, we probably both feel like we travel a lot, but then, then I'll, uh, 
I'll be trying to get an upgrade or something. They're like, yeah. you're 34th on the upgrade. Yeah, it's all these corporate. Like, f- yeah, it's these well, corporate I, I, when I was on United, do you know about global services? The secret invite only level? How do you get that? You have to be like a corporate person who flies all the time and can also swing a lot of corporate. Like, hey, like I work at a corporation and we'll all fly United uh-huh. if I get the thing. And it's apparently amazing. They'll like do your laundry while you're waiting and a layover. You can send mail to and from air. You can say like, hey, I have a layover in Denver, so can you forward my mail? All this crazy, all these rumors. I heard once that there was a guy who had a connecting flight and they picked him up in a car on the plane and drove him around the outside of the airport to his connecting flight because he was cutting it close. Like, And I once... My dad used to travel a ton for work and my dad casually dropped that he was global services for a while. Oh, and I've never had more respect for my father than finding out he was invited to that program. Fuck. Never. I was like, that's the most baller shit I ever heard of. Because I'm gold and it gets you some nice benefits. But it also like the other day I had a gig canceled and I used miles for it. And I said, hey, this thing canceled on me. Can I just read the positive miles? Yeah, $75. Yeah. For you to yeah. go... Yeah, like they got gotcha. you. You could they have done this. You back. could have dumped. You just dumped my miles back. I have eight hundred thousand lifetime miles with United. Is that you true? You can waive my seventy-five dollars. So you can never leave. I know, and I'm trapped. And they're like, it's. I have like sixty thousand left with them, so it's like a trip with my wife somewhere. Yeah, and then I'll move on to Delta. Man, this time has flown. Sorry for the bad pun, but when you talk about J Crew and frequent flyer miles, it's just. Two of my favorite things to talk about. I hope people have enjoyed. I I will say though, would you agree with me? Like talking, like there's some there are people who romanticize the life of a comedian. Mm-hmm. So much of it is sitting in airports and having conversations like this. Well, the thing is, like even though where this is being beamed out to other people, like this is, there's there's always things you have to sort of like be careful, like complaining about because like yes, you don't want to say, hey man, they put me up in the. I just got a queen size bed at my hotel room. That's yeah. all they had. And you're like, oh, really? I don't get oh, free hotels. Away. I've complained about booking a gig at my alma mater where I was like paid nicely to come home. And I complained I about it, but, but I think it's clear. It, we, I think it's clear. There's that, no cameras or anything. We can just oh, have this inside conversation. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But, uh, but it, I mean, it does. it is true that, um, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, you could have the most, you can think of the most successful person in the world and they feel stress and yeah. complain. Yeah. And that's another thing it took me so long to learn is like, especially, you know, with the stuff I talk about in my show, there were years where I was like, I grew up like in a suburb in New Jersey. My parents are married. Like I don't have a right to feel bad. It almost like catapults it towards now I feel guilty about the fact that I can't shake this stuff. I know. And it hit that. And I remember once when I first like, when I first started talking about that stuff, like dipping my toes of being public with it, this girl approached me who I knew this girl had grown up extremely wealthy and she was like, yeah, I deal with the same stuff. And I remember realizing like, oh, like can't beat yourself up for having problems or judge other, other people for feeling how they're going to feel either. Every, it's on a scale. Yeah. It doesn't change the fact that I'm aware that someone who's yeah. like getting bombed in Syria right now has an actual crisis way beyond right. my, um, my college gig woes or your $75. Or me not getting on, a, me not getting on an upgrade. Yeah. Like Cleveland. Like, I get that those problems exist. I also understand that my problems stress me out. Right. Get it. It's a perfect balance we have. Yeah. We're pretty perfect people. Yeah, we're great. <laughs> yeah. Pretty perfect people, pretty perfect conversation. Yeah, that was awesome. And if you want to watch the two guys in conversation and also enjoy uh, a further addition to that that conversation with the, 
Barry and Gethard answering questions from TalkHouse listeners and readers. You can find that on TalkHouse's YouTube channel, which is a full hour plus of content. Bonus content. They talk about Fugazi. They talk about Fugazi. They talk about all Yola kinds Tango. of... Yola Tango. All kinds of fun stuff. Thanks so much to Sonos and to the Sonos store for hosting today's episode. And of course, if you drop by the Sonos store, you can see the awesome new Gorillas mural that they have there. Oh, I love it. They've been doing really dope stuff with the Gorillas. They built Spirit House here in New York and they've got events going on around the world with them. In terms of the dope stuff that we do, you can find TalkHouse Music and TalkHouse Film Podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, write lectures to us, leave reviews and ratings and, and just generally come and park your bus where our stuff is. Hey, remember at the beginning of this episode how we mentioned the survey? Take the survey. Win a guitar. And a personalized jean jacket and all kinds of other good stuff. Thanks so much for listening. 